Hey, how's it going, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, doing, doing good as usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like your profile picture there. Hey, I like yours as well. Two peas in a pod, thick as thieves. <laughs> Third, that is uh, great minds think alike, eh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, welcome everyone to the movie junkie. This is uh, Troy from the Movie Junkie and my friend here, Caleb. Uh, we Hello. both we both run the uh, Movie Junkie Instagram. Uh, just classic Movie Junkie, you know, blow it up, follow it. Uh, we've uh, almost reached a thousand followers, so we've started to uh, come up with an idea for, uh, you know, broadening our movie-loving experience to everybody out there. So we figure we make a podcast. We've been, uh, we've been, you know, best friends for years now, and we've, we both love movies, and we both introduced each other to so many different genres, subgenres, you know, different movies, even music, all that. We've just done all that to become, like, a passion that we do. And, yeah, we wanted to broaden our horizons start up a podcast figure it'd be a good time for sure for sure yeah and we just wanted to uh you know let everybody else know about our loves for films and that's pretty much what this podcast is for just to come on here and maybe we'll have some guests in the near future and just kind of discuss about movies and movie related stuff yeah that's what's so great about you know with today's modern technology it's easier than ever before you know you can make an instagram run a podcast all that yeah i mean it was crazy last year we uh we started the classic movie junkie and it was at like you know 100 followers or so and now we're at 900 and almost a thousand it's it's taken off and the people we met along the way that's that's what makes it so special is the film community is such a good non-toxic community (laughs) very wholesome very wholesome you feel with great people, you know, true friends that, you know, you may never meet them, but you, it's like they're your friend. That's great. Great people. For sure. For sure. Uh, so, uh, Caleb, if you don't mind here, I fear we just uh, kind of ask some warm up questions with each other, you know, let the audience know who we are and what we like and uh, our movie tastes and stuff like that. Certainly. Uh, you got to top three favorite movies if you were able to pick just three i know it's that's quite a hard question (laughs) um well number one i know for sure is uh is goodfellas i love gangster films and i love martin scorsese and it's got my favorite actor in there uh bobby d robert de niro it's fantastic it's just a great film it's i think really flawless just everything the soundtrack i have a lot of nostalgia with it i don't think that will ever change yeah that's true. That's very true. It's a great film. The number two would honestly be The Devil's Rejects. And I'm also a huge horror fan. And that Rob Zombie just, it's got, I love Sid Haig, Bill Mosley. And Rob Zombie, he just makes, he makes his film so nostalgic by including just people from like 70s horror. You know, it's, it's really a big homage to 70s horror. And that's what's great. Just grindhouse exploitation. It's very quotable, easy to watch. It's not for the faint of heart, however, but it's a great film. Yeah, it is quite a good film. Two of the greats, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. And then number three would be The Big Lebowski. 
that, that movie's what, what can I say that hasn't been said already? That movie's a, a religion. That movie's amazing. You know, that movie's fantastic. Okay. How about you? What are your top three? I mean, honestly, man, I absolutely agree with all three of yours, but uh, Caleb's more into the uh, real movies, you know, that actually have uh, decent directing and, uh, you know, good actors. Uh, I I like to dive more into the uh, very weird B-movies that not too many people have heard of. But... uh, Mission itself is a genre. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool. Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, I think my favorite film of all time, it has to be Killer Tomatoes, man. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. George man, Clooney. Dude, George Clooney, he, he made it into the sequel. <laughs> so what, what else can you get from that film? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's such a good movie. Uh, you know, it's obviously a parody. It's a musical. It's a little bit of horror. You know, the sequels get progressively worse and worse but that hey that's with every uh you know film franchise mm-hmm. and uh oh excuse me uh <clears throat> my second favorite film in all honesty i know Caleb, you're probably gonna have to laugh at me here but bloody pit of horror oh that's a that's a classic man i can't i know a lot of people probably haven't heard of it but please go watch it just Please, please, it's it's fantastic. I can't like accurately describe this movie with words. I mean, maybe if you if you could see me right now, I could describe it a little bit better. I have a I've taken pictures as the Crimson Executioner, <laughs> as the the villain in the film. And yeah. uh, just, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you were you right on ahead now. Uh, some trivia about that movie: the lead, the the one who plays the crimson executioner is mickey hargitek and his uh daughter is marishka hargitek from law and order special victims unit just a little <laughs> mob ties right there you know on the keep it in the family <laughs> he's in the he's in it as well yeah the, the grown-ass man arnold schwarzenegger actually uh played mickey hargitek uh, as a as a character in a movie that's how you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no other way to, uh, you know, get any higher up being famous. And, uh, you know, Suicide Boys made a music video with uh, Blade Pit of Horror. Suicide Boys being a, uh, you know, quite a newer uh, yeah. metal mumble rap. I Personally, one of my favorites. I don't know if Caleb uh, takes too kindly to them, but, you know, it's each their own. It's 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 an acquired taste <laughs> for sure. Uh, third favorite movie. Oh man, this is tough. I'm looking at my uh, my movies right now. Honestly, this is a really tough one. But Street Trash number three. <laughs> we watched it, that one together. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, there's there's nothing to say except for. You know, once again, go watch this movie. It's a great film. It's got great kills. The gore is insane. I mean, it's got everything, man. It's got disgusting humor, vile jokes. It's got the mob. It's a fantastic B movie. Yeah, it is. It is a great film. Okay. Um. Let's uh. Now that we're talking a 
little bit about those. Let's talk. What are, what are some of your favorite B movies? Those are fun. Favorite B movies. Uh, well, the, the the trauma, as you know, oh. trauma films. They Lloyd Kaufman, hail to the man. <laughs> they come out with some great movies, man. Those things. They don't get enough love, in my opinion. They those are great, great, great films. I agree. I agree. Toxic Avenger, Avengers. It's a classic. It's one of the best. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to be a a square and say that that's the best that Trum was done, but it is pretty much the best trauma has done in my opinion i think that uh toxic avenger was the peak of great trauma movies but then there's also been really great ones like uh you know class of nukem high uh, they had a whole citizen toxi uh toxic avenger tv show yeah uh, i have a film called tragula versus frankenstein that that's movie. a trauma. Yeah, that, that film. On Juliet. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Poultry Geist. Yeah, Poultry Geist. That's a good one. Films like that. Yeah, I think uh, you know, trauma films in general have great, uh, you know, obscure B movies like that. And you know, Bloody Pit of Horror. That's a great well. one. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Now, I wouldn't really consider this a a B movie. Per se, but a movie that doesn't get enough love. I mean, this this film, it was a TV made film. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, early, mid 80s, I think. It was 19, I can pull it out of my stack here, 1981, early 80s. I'm on a roll today. <laughs> uh, great film. Yeah, really good film. The acting isn't very good. But everything else about it is pretty dang good. It was really scary for a TV-made movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no problems with it. I love it to death. Uh, another film that doesn't get too much love, you know, Frogs. That's a great film. I mean, there's so many, man. It's it's hard to just make a small list. There's so many out there that, that just don't get enough love and I think uh, get glossed over by all these you know, amazing 80s movies. But then, like, there's so many of them. You know, you only you only scratch the top, uh, the surface with a whole lot of 80s and 70s horror. And even some of the newer stuff. Uh, the, there's been a recent trend of people making black and white movies now, black and white horror movies. The Lighthouse, my, yeah. fir- my personal favorite film of 2019. The movie. Oh, yeah goddamn brilliant if you haven't seen that if anyone hasn't seen it check it out you will be shocked yeah they've been doing really good uh recently with films the lighthouse not so much the irishman (laughs) irishman was that was we'll talk about that later but that was some of scorsese's best (laughs) (laughs) some of scorsese's best my ass (laughs) uh yeah, I mean, they they did pretty dang good with, uh, when I say they, I just mean people, directors in general, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was a great film. And yeah, and that's, uh, that's Tarantino. Going back to Tarantino, here's a, here's a new guy. Well, not really a new guy. Everybody knows Tarantino. He's got his own style. He's one of the best directors out there, one of the most influential. You, no one can deny that. But what's your, what's your favorite Tarantino film? Oh, man. Oh. 
Did was Dust Till Dawn directed by uh, Tarantino? That was directed by Robert Rodriguez, but it was written uh, by Tarantino, so it's still technically a Tarantino film. Uh, I'm gonna have to say Django. Uh, oh, Django. The film is so good. That's top three material for me, most likely, because there's that film. Jamie Foxx is fantastic. Leonardo DiCaprio gives my favorite performance by him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jack Dawson, Titanic. But respect. Calvin Candy. He was such a douchebag, but you know, he was very charismatic. He was perfectly acted. Yeah, lo- you you know, you love him to death. <laughs> Great man. Grown up. He's a terrible man. So it's it's it's, it's a perfect villain. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, a great man. Not really a great man in the movie, but you know, other than that, great man. Yeah. Uh, what is yours? Um, a Tarantino film. You know, it would it would obviously be Pulp Fiction, but I don't want to be a square because that seems to be everyone's. And <laughs> and rather, I I want to give some love to for one if we're like. It's not really a Tarantino film, but he wrote the original script, had the original idea. Oliver, Oliver Stone made it his own thing. Natural Born Killers. That was just that was a Tarantino idea. But uh, I, I want to talk about two of my favorite hangout films of all time. And what I mean by that, they're just, it's a lot of talking, a lot of stalling, a lot of hanging out. But he does it so perfectly. Jackie Brown and Death Proof. Those are two Tarantino films I feel do not get enough love. Especially Jackie Brown. Uh, for the folks at home, can you describe uh, a little bit about both of those films for me? Well, Jackie Brown is a it's a it's an homage by Tarantino to kind of the seventies crime genre, and I feel like it doesn't get as much love because it was his next film after Pulp Fiction, and once you achieve that, it's like how the hell are you going to top that? But Jackie Brown is fantastic. It's filled with like as we were talking about B movie star Pam Greer, one of the head of the black exploit uh, like black exploitation films. One of the head of that. Um, Sid Haig has a brief cameo in it. Um, Robert Forrester, R.I.P. He's fantastic in that. It's got Robert De Niro, Samuel L. Jackson, and it is it's fantastic. It's even got Chris Tucker from Friday. <laughs> it is a fantastic film and. It's a very intricate plot, but at the end of the day, the plot doesn't really matter. It's a character-driven film, and the actors just give great performances, playing literally their archetypes themselves, and it's fantastic. That's dope. And Death Proof, uh, two words, Stuntman Mike, and in that's, Austin, Texas. three words, but... Uh, Stuntman... <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah, you know, one word off, whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, both of them. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, let's get for more of our, uh, you know, our uh, nerve crushing fans, all that. Uh, what's the most terrifying slash disturbing film you've ever seen? Terrifying and disturbing film. Like Boy. one that you would recommend, but you're like, hell no, I don't want to watch it again. Oh man, oh, that's that's. That's a tough one, man, because I've, uh, you know, I, I personally am not into too many of those, you know, super disturbing, you know, art pieces that leaves you hanging, makes you think about life differently, man. I just, to be honest with you, I just want to see some people get killed, some boobs. Tits, man, yes. Yeah, some 
you know, drugs maybe, if we're going crazy with it. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to see some cool shit on the screen, man. I, you know, all this artsy-fartsy stuff where I uh, I have to think about the film. I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. It's very pretentious. You're right, man. A lot of people but I would have to say that, like, the most disturbing film that I've ever seen. Uh, man. Well, I'd have to... Uh, man. I'm, 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 I'm chomping at, at my chops right now, trying to think of a, a super disturbing movie that I've seen. I've seen a, a disturbing short film recently. I even watched Caleb here. Uh, what was it? Something weird about the Johnsons? The strange thing about the Johnsons. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's on uh, YouTube if you guys are interested. It's about 30 minutes. It's a little short film by uh, the guy who directed... Uh, Midsummer and Hereditary, who was Ari Aster, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys need to check that one out. Man, that was God. Makes you want to take a shower after you see his fucking yeah. ass. Yeah, it was gross, man. <laughs> uh, I guess no film has really, like, gotten me like that, you know? Hereditary was kind of scary at some points. Like, if some oh, movies yeah. are just spooky as hell if you turn the volume up super loud. And Ari Aster is really good at that. Sorry to keep interrupting you there. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm leading you on. I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, Ari Aster is kind of the king of making things, making you uh, feel like you got hit by a flashbang of emotions. And, yeah. And <laughs> make you feel scared. And all that. Atmospheric. Yes, very atmospheric. Very atmospheric. It's where you don't have to see, you know, the monster on the screen. He's in your head, and that's what Ari taps into. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that'd probably be it for me. Hereditary. I'll, I'll say mine in a minute, but going back to atmospheric, The Lighthouse, as we were talking about earlier, it's very atmospheric. Um, Another great atmospheric film, 2014, it's The Babadook. That one, hmm. one's a very, very atmospheric film. That one shook me to the core. But um, the most disturbing uh, films that I feel like I've ever seen was I recently watched all of these. Lars, that's what I've been getting into mostly is, uh, you know, the the darker side of film. And Lars von Trier's Antichrist was, it's very artsy-fartsy pretentious, but uh, it's pretty it's pretty, pretty gross and disturbing. And he's got yeah, Willem Dafoe. talking to me about that one. Yeah, you know, Willem Dafoe just getting, you know, his, his balls broken, literally. <laughs> so check that one out. And uh, another one, I'd say, would be the Poughkeepsie tapes, because it's prevented. Come on, we've been over this. Come on. <laughs> tomato, the tomato. The Poughkeepsie tapes. <laughs> it's uh, it's presented in like a mock mockumentary style, and it's it's very well done. It feels real. It's very spooky. It's by the Poughkeepsie man. <laughs> uh, it's by the guy who did some other horror films, on like uh, Quarantine for those for all of us right now. Mr. Poughkeepsie. As above, so below. I forgot his name, but he's done. Some, he's got some horror films to his name. And then another disturbing film that I watched just the other night, but it's also hilarious, is John Waters' 1972 film *Pink Flamingos*, starring the trap queen Diviner. That one's disgusting, but it's 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 hilarious and essentially kickstarted the midnight movie genre that led to films like *Rocky Horror Picture Show*. Oh yeah, those those seventies. Uh... You know, midnight movies, exploitative films. 
that's where I tend to uh, really, really like them. Yeah, that's where I I lose myself in the black exploitation films. Is one of my favorite genres, just mm-hmm. because of how uh, expressive and culturally, you know, diverse that area of uh, filmography can be. You know, the cinematography. I agree. And there's even some, you know, really great thought-provoking pieces and uh, even better comedies and uh, great actions and thrillers and stuff. Blackula, you know, you can't live without it. Blackula, yeah. They they had a movie called Blackenstein, actually. <laughs> yeah. Einstein. What is it, like a black Jew? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, I just, I have a whole lot of respect for... Uh, black exploitation films back then because it, it's starting to have a resurgence with uh, Jordan Peele oh, yeah. and uh, you know Us and Get Out and all that, which were pretty dang good films. Yeah, I don't know, not too much Us, but Get Out was pretty dang I'm, good. I enjoy. Let's let's talk about this controversial opinion. A lot of people praise Us for compared to like The Shining and stuff. Personally, I don't see it. I see in the first half a good home invasion thriller. And then the second half, it kind of teeters off a little bit. But Get Out, I enjoyed thoroughly. Get Out was a solid film. I think Jordan Peele uh, does better whenever he's uh, in the comedy field of things. You know, he had that whole uh, Key and Peele TV show. Hilarious. Like the Chappelle show. Key and Peele and the Chappelle show are neck and neck to me. Well, not really. Chappelle show is above everything, but Key and Peele is pretty goddamn close. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't even remember what we're talking about. We got off on the black exploitative tangent right there. <laughs> yeah, little tangent. I I just love that uh that area of film. I just find it really fascinating. Yeah, the, the films are great back then. Even you know, like I said, now the what's that one? Uh, it's relatively new. Oh man, it's killing me. It's got the same guy from Get Out. Oh, Queen and Slim. Yeah, Queen and Slim. There you go. I was listening to the uh, soundtrack to that the other day. <laughs> if his name on it, then mine right beside it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ride or die, man. That was great. That, see, that's that's why I love him, man. That's why I love him. Uh, well, yeah, since we're talking about the 60s and 70s, I, I just want to give a little shout out to one of my favorite um, you know, 60s horror films, and it's very underlooked. And it's got it's got some stars in it. It's got uh, Lon Chaney Jr., one of his last roles, Sid Haig. I don't know if you guys have told him. I mentioned him like four freaking times. I love Sid Haig. I met him once. You know, we were born in the same city. Sid Haig is my guy. Rest in peace. I was heartbroken when he passed away. Yeah, you should see this guy's room, man. It's full of Captain Spaulding everything. He's got Captain Spaulding t-shirts, Captain Spaulding action figures. Shit, you not. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> but uh, the movie is Spider Baby, or the maddest story ever told. And uh, it's it's just a great piece of just 60s horror cheese. So just give it a look if anyone hasn't seen it. While we're, uh, you know, around that Rob Zombie, you know, films topic there, Rob Zombie is not a good director. <laughs> no. No, the the trilogy where he made his uh, first three original films, 
or I should say first two original films, which are, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, which I loved both immensely. Oh, yeah. Two copies of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses right now. I mean, it's just such a good film. A great Halloween movie. It's definitely. That's what made it so good is he captured, it was lightning in a bottle. He captured the Halloween essence, the vibe, and he introduced an iconic cast of characters that have really been ingrained in modern horror up there with the likes of the Sawyer family from the original Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. That, 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 uh, th- those two movies were really good. And then, of course, he brought in Three from Hell, which, uh, it's a love hate relationship. You know, that movie, it's you can tell it's it's it was made on a much smaller budget. Well, not it, you, you can tell it was like a I know he had a bigger budget for that movie. It's just like it's like once you get it, once you get it too big of a budget, you lose the magic that you had with like House of a Thousand Corpses. And that oh, yeah, what You're absolutely right. really happened there. And it really suffered that there was no Captain Spaulding because in Devil's Rejects, Otis was an asshole. Baby was a sadistic bitch. Captain Spaulding, he was he wasn't as bad as those other two. He brought he was the charismatic of the three and he really made you like love the family, even though they're doing terrible things. And I think in Three from Hell you didn't love the Firefly fam as much as you did in Devil's Rejects. Yeah, just uh, with each movie progressively I just kinda I, I felt distanced from the characters a little more and more. Uh, but you know, like I said, it's a love hate relationship because it's the third movie in the franchise. Yeah. But then again, it's just a remake of Devil's Rejects, but in Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> exactly. And it even had the you know, it even had the big famous song just like Devil's Rejects instead of Free Bird it was in a Gata de Vida. Yeah. Like, Zombie did what he knew would work, and I think that's kind of the issue with Three from yeah. He didn't take any risks. He played he, it way too safe. He was way like, too safe. This is what worked for Devil's Rejects. Let's do the same thing for Three from Hell. What was it, 15 years later? Let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. But then again, like, what's, what's another good Rob Zombie film that you enjoy? Besides that, you know, original trilogy. Um, unpopular opinion i enjoyed his reiteration of halloween because it was different he took risks there and he kind of got screwed over but i enjoyed that one but uh i enjoyed 31 and the lord's the same one um 31 was kind of like his other movies so i'll focus on the lord's of salem more just because it was it was his take as on like the the you know the polanski rosemary's baby uh exorcist-esque horror it was very atmospheric it was religious horror to an extent and i enjoyed it i find those those kind of films really uh really interesting those those religious horror movies stuff yeah. like that because it's 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 uh, kind of a taboo thing to discuss with uh, a lot of people you know religion and i think it's just really uh interesting to learn about other people's thoughts and opinions and how they they view the world and how they think the world ticks you know i think it's great everybody has their own version i totally respect that yeah and that's why i think uh even exorcist came out you know 40 or so years ago and we're a lot further 
as a society bit like now we're used to a lot more things we're a lot more desensitized that's the word i was thinking than we were back in the 70s and i think that's why people remember the exorcist is so disturbing because if you watch it nowadays it's really not but back then religion was such a taboo thing oh yeah more so than it is now that like uh and personally i'm not a religious person at all so i'm not generally very scared by religious horror but people today who are, are religious are still terrified of that film. And that's very interesting in my Oh, opinion. yeah. That, that's, that's how you know that the film is good. Like, yeah. if, it, if it impacts a person that much, it, whether they hated it or loved it, if it really wooed that person into a certain emotion, and whether that be hate or love, I, you know, I think the film did its job. Certainly. It's, it's a very well-made film, technically speaking great performances you know anytime you're able to squeeze a performance by a child actor like you were out at reagan burns oh yeah she was fantastic child actors Whew. it makes me think of a you know a hallie joel osman from the sixth sense that was another incredible child performance yeah and you know yeah i guess wasn't that old boy in the uh how was that robot movie I cried at? Oh, oh my god. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Director right Spielberg. <laughs> AI? AI. AI. Artificial intelligence, yeah. Oh my god. He gives another outstanding performance in that. Oh man, I mean what what do they call it? Ugly cry? I ugly <laughs> cried in that ugly. while watching that movie, man. That was one of the only movies that were actually genuinely was bawling, dude. That one, that one bummed me out, bro. I swear it was a, uh, it was disturbing. The two, the two saddest movies, well, the three I can think of, are um, Titanic. I saw that really young, and that, that was so sad. Still to this day, that movie is so sad. Um, then I go The Color Purple, another Spielberg classic. That movie is, movie's very sad. And then uh, Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> That, I love <laughs> that movie, but that movie is so sad, and I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, but that movie is just, it's a, it's a love cool. story. It's a love story, and it shows, Ang <laughs> Lee was so fantastic, because he made a f- love film that was colorless and genderless, and appealed to so many, and I, I just feel bad for the people who are so scared to watch the movie, just because it threatens their, you know, straightness i guess however you would say it that they don't even want to give it a chance because it's not a story about two gay cowboys it's a story about two people in love and how they open it two gay cowboys slamming ham (laughs) (laughs) well yeah at face value (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) now i I need to give that one watch to be honest with you i've been you know caleb's mentioning here that people it's a shame that people don't watch it because they're afraid their sexuality is going to get taken. Like some looking at you, yeah, I'm. I've been refraining watching it, but but my problem is, is I don't want to watch it with another guy. See, I, I I'm not. I'm straight as a whistle over here. I just I just find it uncomfortable to watch that kind of film where two men are on top of each other like a. a broke back sandwich <laughs> i'm not trying to do that either. don't get me wrong it is uncomfortable to watch at first but once you get past that and see that these are just two people in love it's beautiful 
And you know what, man? I'll, you know, I'll give it a try. Sooner or later. I'll give it a try. I'm going to watch it by myself, damn it. Ennis, I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah, you, you don't watch it with your bros, but. Didn't you cry at the color purple? I did cry at the color purple, yes. That <laughs> <laughs> is fucking sad. Boy. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. To be honest with you, you know the, you know the house franchise? The horror movies? Yeah, yeah. The, not the not the Haosu <laughs> Japanese films or whatever. Yeah. But the house of... I have the DVD right here. Let me, let me whip it out here. 1996? 86. 86. What? 86. It is 96, I'm pretty sure. I, I bet you money it's 86. Okay, we'll discuss this. Uh, check, check on the podcast back. here. But it says here, uh, program content, uh, 1996 Lake Lakeshore International Corporation, all rights reserved. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever, fuck it. Uh, this guy's capping. Yeah, for real. Uh, House 2. That was another film where I cried. Why that, I was eating uh, caramel popcorn. If I remember, I just... Why the hell did you cry at House 2? Okay. Have you seen the film? No. That's where you, you're missing out here. <laughs> How, the, the House franchise, I love it to death. House 1 was amazing. House 2 was arguably better. In oh, life. no. House 1. But House 2, it had the, the character Gramps, which was the, <laughs> one of the guy's grandpa. I know. And, and, and I'm not going to say any spoilers on the podcast here, even though it is a you know, 20, 30-year-old movie. But something happens. And, dude, I, yeah, I was just, I was balling, man. I was eating uh, caramel popcorn, too. I remember it vividly. And, you know, I, I you know, got me, got me crying, man. Uh, one of the only other films that made me ugly cry. I don't know why I cried. It wasn't like a sad moment whenever, you know, the thing happened in the movie. But, God, I cried, man. That's just what movies will do to you, man. Oh, yeah. But I think that's the only other film that's ever made me cry. Not too sensitive. Well, you clearly haven't seen The Color Purple. (laughs) Yeah, I have, actually. Then you didn't cry? Do you just not have a heart? Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know, something about her, man. She's not a very serious actor, in my opinion. What? Yes. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. I don't think Whoopi Goldberg is that good of a, a serious actor. Especially not in Color Purple. I don't know. Because I, I, wow. I associate her with so many other things that are comedic and uh, you know TV show host related. It's like uh, if, if you see Jimmy Kimmel in a sad movie. You know, you, you know you're not going to get sad at that, you know? Oh, another movie that was didn't make me cry, but it was just a, shook me to the core. It was very sad. It was Requiem for a Dream. That movie was... It's got Ellen Bernstein from The Exorcist, as we mentioned, and Jared Leto, Marlon... That, di- that director is a, great at cinematography with, like, close-up stuff. Derek you know? Aronofsky. He is fantastic. Oh, he did Requiem for a Dream... Um, the Wrestler, Black Swan, 
smothered, which was amazing. Very thought provoking. Very thought provoking. <laughs> Mother is gets not enough love. I am. That's a, that's another uh, religious film that I found very uh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. You know, in my opinion, a very thought provoking piece is Leprechaun in <laughs> space. Leprechaun what? In space. <laughs> I'd rather go Jason X if we're talking about thought provoking. Well, you know, Halloween H two O isn't that bad either. <laughs> but you know, Leprechaun in space. Come on, it's got it, it's got literally everything. It's got a leprechaun. He's in space. He's he's killing people left and right. That's literally know? all it has. Yeah, it's exactly. What else do you need? Okay, let's talk about a crock of shit movie. This you just made me think of this. Halloween 2018. Good God, was that a letdown? God, you just reminded me how much I need to catch up. I haven't seen Lighthouse. I haven't seen half of the new movies these days. It's been made in the past decade. I just don't watch it. I mean, in reality, I'm 16, but I act like I'm 85 watching all my movies from the glory days, you know. <laughs> Back in my day, boy. I know this guy, this guy watched the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Refuses to watch Brokeback Mountain. This guy, baby. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what's wrong with me. You're an old head. Yeah. An old head at heart. Was... But there's been some really good movies uh, lately. Oh my God. Yes. 2019 was fantastic. Oh, gosh, yeah. From what I've heard, 2019 has been a great year for films. I still, I think the most recent movie... Sorry to cut you off there, but the the most recent movie I've seen was like (laughs) Shazam, maybe? That was pretty well-reviewed. I I don't know if that was 2019. It was. That is a good movie. Off the top of my head, my favorite movies of 2019 I can think of are The Lighthouse, um, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Parasite. Of course. Uncut Gems. Don't need to watch all those. Was Joker was great. Um El Camino was it? Toy Story Four was really good. I still need to see nineteen seventeen. But everyone's raving about that. So I said hey, I was talking to that about uh nineteen seventeen with my grandmother. She said it was a really good film. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's the guy who directed it did American Beauty, which is a classic. Man, I tell you what, man. Those, in my opinion, was World War One, and like, it's either it's all it's always World War One and steampunk eighteen hundreds, uh, films, that are just a complete turnoff for me. I hate them. That's like my least favorite uh theme around a, a film is that eighteen hundreds industrial revolution, it's like a, like London stuff like that. Yeah, early 1900s, Peaky Blinders kind of stuff. I mean, it just doesn't get... I kind of want to watch that relax. That's a, it's a mob. That's the mob. Dude, that's, you know, Peaky Blinders. Uh, God, talk about a shit name. God, Peaky Blinders? Who comes up with that? That's badass. No, <laughs> not no. really. Come on. I agree with you. That's not the greatest name in the world. You, you don't mind if I get on, if I hop on the soapbox real quick. Yeah. <laughs> See, I could I could go into about an hour conversation about horrible movie names, but I'll probably, for the sake of 
everyone listening and you. I'm probably just going to cut it down to about five minutes, but oh my gosh. Have you ever like heard a word or a set of words that like literally pisses you off just to hear them? Yeah. That's me with Peaky Blinders. All right. I've never seen the show. I bet it's a great show. And I bet it's, you know, very, uh, I don't know, cool, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, it's just not my kind of thing, man. Peaky Blinders. Come on, man. You could do so much better with that. There's a movie called St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, who named something that, man? St. Elmo? I know. Someone had to approve that name. It's so, I I guarantee you it's some significant like you know historical figure or something like that. But oh my gosh, man, Saint Elmo's fire! Just saying it makes me kind of regurgitate a little bit in my mouth. Uh oh, man, what are other ones? Saint Elmo's fire is probably the biggest one. Though. That one pisses me off. I can tell. <laughs> Peaky Blinders too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Cal, you have any uh, movie titles like that? I'm trying to think. Uh, no, not really. I mean, when I think of on, on the other end of the spectrum, when I think of great movie titles, I think of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Is, is, that, well, is that not just the funnest movie title you've ever heard in your life? Wait, yeah. Snatch. Oh, Great film. Snatch. Related to uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Great film. I watch it every night before I go to bed. Snatch is one of the best. And uh, let me just say, Guy Ritchie's new movie, The Gentleman, is like Snatch and Lock, Stock. Give it a watch. Guy Ritchie. Grown-ass man. This guy. This guy. Snatch is just so, Snatch is Lock, Stock are so fucking Snatch is a really good movie. It's one of those British, some British films out there, man. They really kick. Snatch. You got, yeah, you got Snatch. This is England. Um, Another really good one. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm trying to get that steelbook, man. Shaun of the Dead steelbook. Transporting. Oh, don't do heroin. That's, that's Scotland, right? That's not the same thing. Yeah, it's in the islands. It's in the northern islands. But the movie is in London, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pool or something. Some place in England. Choose life. Choose a family. Choose a career. Choose a big fucking television. Don't you? Don't you <laughs> <laughs> hey, obviously, guys, moral of this podcast, this episode, please do not do heroin. <laughs> don't, don't do any drugs and in general, that would harm you in any significant way. This should be the time. I'm looking out for you. I love you. Choose life. Don't do it. Yeah, choose life. Please. Get a get a big TV. Don't do it. This episode, we've literally just shot the shit. We have bounced around from everything. Yeah, we really have, man. This is one hell of a first episode. <laughs> we still got to figure out. See, man, we're, we're complete noobs to this, man. We still got to figure out, like, how long we're gonna do this podcast for? You sound like two thousands babies. Yeah, for real. We need to get mics and stuff if we uh, pursue this any further. Shit, whatever they say. If you guys enjoy this, you know, we may put up a Q and A on our Instagram. Ad revenue. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, get sponsors. Oh yeah, 
I want to get sponsored by Trojan condoms. <laughs> Dude, safe sex, man. <laughs> and that's another moral of this podcast today. Safe sex. Please. Don't we don't need to be spreading any STDs. Abstinence is the only way. Okay. That that one... Uh, oh, man. What is that movie called? Killer Condom. They got that condom with teeth. Like, <laughs> bites the dunes. Just, oh, man. I just think of the opening scene in Mean Girls where it's like the coach, he's all, don't have sex. Don't do sex in the mix- missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do sex. Everybody grab some rubbers. <laughs> Dude, exactly, man. It's the message we're trying to convey. Exactly. Yeah, kids these days, you know. We're we're, we're in that age group, you know. It's insane, man. Speaking of kids these age, how about those movies, Kids, Bully, Gum? <laughs> Dude, great films. I, that's another good uh, range of films where the, the kids, it's just all about the kids <laughs> How kids grow up and Loki, stuff like that. Uh, the Outsiders, it. <laughs> I really like those. Something about it, man. About it. I, I like this. Yes, and I'm not a, I'm not a damn pedo. Okay, I just, whenever, whenever I was younger, I really liked those films because it empowered me. It made me feel like I was going to, you know, be in those characters' shoes. The Goonies. Yeah, it's not because I drool over the twelve-year-old kids now, man. <laughs> that's that's not me. <laughs> not why I find this film's interesting by any means. Oh my god, I've been watching Taxi Driver too much. <laughs> Got the you talking to me? Fourteen-year-old. Are you Are you talking to me? Fourteen-year-old hooker. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> Dude. Oh man. Looks like a Puerto Rican whore. Yeah, this is Sopranos. <laughs> Greatest TV show of all time, and don't you forget it. Golly, maybe next episode we'll have to talk about TV, uh-huh. man. We've, we've pretty much we shot the breeze, man. <laughs> 40, 46 minutes right now, eh? Just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this uh, this first episode here, Caleb? You think forty six minutes is good enough? Would you want to continue, or how are you feeling? I've had a great time so far, man. It's been yeah, it's been it's been good. Excited for people to hear people. To- oh yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to get this out. We're gonna have, we're gonna get our own uh, YouTube channel here and post this on here on our uh, you know our movie junkie. YouTube, so you guys can listen to this while you work or while you're organizing your movies. I know you movie junkies out there, you know, love these films and discs <laughs> and and Blu-rays in your collection. I know the the organizing uh, trend out there. You know, people stacking things up, stacking them down. <laughs> and people getting bored as hell during this uh, coronavirus thing right now. Yeah. Everything getting shut down. I don't blame you. Say, maybe this will help uh, pass the time for you guys out there. Yeah, no kidding. I know it's been a pleasure here. I've I've sure as hell enjoyed this uh, past 45 minutes. Yeah, dude. For for shizzle. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for the sake of this first episode, we shouldn't keep it a little, you know, too long. 
tease him a little bit, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we may just do this uh, once every week if we if if we uh, decide to pursue the podcasting game. Yeah, uh, it was great talking to you, Caleb. Uh, you as well, Troy. Heck yeah, man! It's I think uh, I think I'll be signing out. I will see you. See movie junkies later. Stay classy, San Diego. Yes, sir. Stay classy.